Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Woke by Accident Podcast. I am your host, Jan Washington. This is a weekly chat about socially conscious topics impacting the culture. I would like to extend my gratitude in you listening to this podcast. It means everything to me, and I hope it is clear that this subject matter is so important to me. I care about our people, our future, and making a positive change in this nation. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Woke by Accident Podcast. And this episode is especially for the Content of Color Creatives Challenge. On this episode, I want to share with you an episode from my podcast from last month, which is a collaboration with a, another member of the collective, Sean Connors. We had an interview that was pretty awesome and I want to share that with you. So I invite you guys to check this out. Sean Connors on the Woke by Accident podcast show, episode 62. Thanks. And welcome to another episode of Woke by Accident podcast. Today we have a special guest, Sean Connors, host of the 757 Renaissance Man and LVAD Talk. And he is from Virginia. And he has uh, spent several years in the multimedia IT industry. He has graciously agreed to join us to uh, go over some great topics today. So welcome to the show, Sean. It feels so lovely to be here tonight. What a beautiful, I'll give yourselves a round of applause. You're so lovely. Everyone's so lovely. Hey girl, what's going on? How you doing? Hey, pretty good. Glad to have you. So got you on the podcast today i'm really excited about that we're going to get into some topics so first i wanted to do a little icebreaker with you um there's been a little twitter discussion topic if you will going around that i thought was pretty fun would you rather have dinner with rapper businessman billionaire entrepreneur jay-z or would you rather have five hundred thousand dollars yeah so I've, i've seen this going around lately and, you know, some people are too conscious for their own good. Now, I would love to say that I would pick the dinner with Jay-Z. But the way my bank account is set up, I could take that $500,000. Okay. Mm. Right. Because I've seen one school of thought is that, you know, having this opportunity to sit down with Jay-Z and to get that game from him, you know, sets you up and possibly give you more see that's 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 too situational that's too cut me a check now they only want to check just put it in my cash app and i'm gonna show you what i'm about to do with this five hundred thousand. right and then (laughs) it's pretty funny i heard that i was just like okay if a man takes the dinner with jay-z that's like a date (laughs) because it's like okay hmm so, yeah, I think the yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I, I feel the opportunity. Yes. And I have to admit, Jay-Z is one of my favorite rappers and Jay-Z is one of my favorite business people. Right. But I don't know if dinner like what does he tell you? Do I have do I get a guaranteed <laughs> secret? Do I get a guaranteed key? Like 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 uh, Kyle, DJ Khaled said, can I get one of the keys? <laughs> we could just be sitting there and he'd just be talking about how he don't like pork, you know? So that what's that gonna do for me? Right. Or he'd be talking about Basquiat or something. <laughs> right. Hey. But so yeah. I think the money 
probably would be the move. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, everybody talks all that philosophical stuff. No. <laughs> I want the money. And then if I come home without the money, my mama found out he offered the money, it's going to be a whole nother problem. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> right. That part. So, yeah. Okay. So. What you mean you ain't take the fire in the time? <laughs> <laughs> I know I raised you better than that. I, I can hear it. I already know. That's true. That's true. But I mean, that would be pretty awesome to have a sit down. But I think with $500,000, I might could figure that out. I might could make that happen. Mm-hmm. How about I take the $500,000, right? And I talk to Mookie, my round the block MC, and we have dinner at McDonald's for $20 and I keep the rest. I'm quite sure Mookie got some keys that he can let me get. You know, he he got some yeah. life lessons. <laughs> right. Okay. Not quite the same, but I mean. But think like, about it. What, the, what can a billionaire teach me? I want to learn from Mookie. Mookie been living on these streets for 20 years now, and he ain't died of COVID or nothing. He knows something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to know what Mookie knows. <laughs> okay. All right. I get it. I get it. Okay, so moving right along. So there has been an update in the Ahmad Aubrey case. The latest is that the former Georgia District Attorney Jackie Johnson has been indicted on misconduct charges alleging that she used her position to shield the men who chased and killed Ahmad Aubrey from being charged with crimes immediately after the shootings. Now, a grand jury in Coastal Glen County has indicted the district attorney, Jackie Johnson, on a felony count of violating her oath of office and hindering a law enforcement officer, which if we are not familiar, Ahmad Aubrey uh, was a 25-year-old unarmed black man who was pursued while he was jogging in Georgia and he was gunned down by the McMichaels family and then the Williams, William Bryan. And uh, they were charged with his murder eventually 74 days later after the killing. So the latest in the story now is that the district, former district attorney is arrested after being indicted in, in connection with uh, the case. So she previously was, uh, re- recruited herself. She, um, she was, she was down with the good old boys. Well, she interfered. She interfered. So basically she was like in the back pocket of the McMichaels. So like when he was a, a former officer, you know, she, they worked together close Mm-hmm. during that time and so it was really kind of um inappropriate back then but now all of it's kind of kind of coming to light now and to the point where she's being arrested which is really kind of shocking that they're going to that result but isn't it so exhausting to be black nowadays it is and i just really feel for this one you know it just took so long but to like get... this case i don't even i don't even get I, I mean not that i'm saying any other one is justified but these dudes they're not cops they're not they're just two regular old dudes 
they gun somebody down on the street. What's taking so long? What? 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 And it's on camera. What? What? We? What else we need? What? Right. And then they filmed it, you know, and then the one tried to act like he was a uh, innocent standby when he was actually a part of the situation. He was directing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like a sick, really disturbing case. And I'm not I hate to be a pessimist, but I'm not really looking. I'm a student of history. I've seen how this goes. Uh, I'm not looking at it, you know, what they say, the ruby color glasses. I'm not looking for no. You can already tell the way they're dragging their feet right now. And we already know how the good old boy network works. We'll see. But I'm not looking for I, I would be pleasantly surprised if we got any sort of justice out of this case. Well, and so her charge is violating the oath of the public uh, as a public officer and obstructing a police officer. So um, she was really She was hiding something. That's what I say. She was hiding something. Yeah, she was. And so, and that's why things kind of move so slow in this case. Like, look, it took 74 days for them to actually be charged with murder. Why did it take so long? Especially when they had video of the but actual let it been attack. Let it be Mookie, Rob Karen. And Mookie ass would have been uh, executed by now. <laughs> you know, it's just like, wow. So, um, yeah, put her in the jail, you know. But um, we'll see if that sticks. But I was surprised that they even arrested her. So that's really. Yeah, that, that's shocking. But now, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of times all this stuff's been going on. But it's where technology is accessible. And before, everybody didn't have a camera in their pocket. So a lot of these people are doing what they normally do, but now they're getting caught at it. They're moving the way they normally move. It's nothing. Yes. Nothing's changed except for now people getting caught and they got to be more careful. Speaking of the age of now where everybody's being filmed and having their cameras out, this next story kind of goes right along that vein where uh, we had a black lady out of Chicago. She was walking her dog. And so a case of like walking your dog while black, if you will. And so um, she stopped by a police officer. She felt targeted because of her race. And so she's uh, walking her dog in a park in Chicago, Nikita Brown. And this is the Lincoln Park neighborhood. And this occurred August the 28th. And so let's see this. Um, and I saw the video of the officer. And so it's, I guess it's late at night and you just see him like grab her arm and he kind of like twists her arms. Like, oh my God, you know, what is going on? Did you happen to check out the video on that one? I didn't because I know it's more of the same. You know, okay. I, if you put your hands, walk by an officer, if you want to put your hands on that officer and see what happened. A day, well, a dog day. He actually let her go eventually, you know, and, and the poor little dog is just like, oh, you know, it's a little dog worried about what's going on. And, and there's a few people around, even though it's late at night, but it seemed like he violated her civil rights. Obviously, she's obtained an attorney. She's on uh, Good Morning America um, talking about it. And so, but just the fact that he, you know, attempted to tackle her 
in a violent way like that when it wasn't like he was arresting her because if he was arresting her why didn't he just arrest her it was just like a violent exchange and an attack and it's like she's a female and she was you know kind of cut off shirt type I don't know it's just like you wouldn't like grab a woman that way at night or I guess even as an officer it just seemed odd the way that he grabbed her like that yeah I just think you know policing needs to some a lot of people are getting real up in arms over the defund the police thing and i don't think they really understand what people are saying people are not saying that we have to totally get rid of the police people are saying we want to take our funds our tax money and see it diverted into a different way maybe more training or you know community outreach or even social workers to go out in the streets with the cops because the police system hasn't worked. It hasn't been working. And, you know, if you look at it from my perspective and from my people, it hasn't worked in 400 years. So maybe it is time to kind of relook at, and not just for black folk, for anybody, relook at training these police. There is not like, the the cowboy days where the sheriff runs the town and can just you know just manhandle you and they want no they don't work like that nowadays definitely training is needed um the george floyd reform act would be a good you know option i would like to see more policing by police that actually live in the neighborhoods that Mm -hmm. makes a huge difference too difference too because if you're policing a neighborhood that you don't you're not a part of you don't understand the people in the neighborhood yeah a lot of that kind of goes on around here in st louis too or you hear people say that Mm -hmm. um yeah with a lot of incidents that have occurred and sometimes you know if you're going to police your own neighborhood then you're going to differently than you're going to police either a neighborhood you don't care about or, you know, you could be over policing certain neighborhoods based upon your bias. So don't get me wrong. I'm never going to be one of the people like, you know, get rid of the police. We don't need no police because if somebody come in my crib right now, guess who I'm going to call? Well, first I'm going to go get nine millimeter, but then guess who I'm going to call? <laughs> I'm going to call the police. So it's definitely a need for the police. I just think we have to re-evaluate our policing options. A couple episodes ago, we had a gentleman that didn't believe in prisons and wanted to abolish prisons and was uh, prison abolish i'm not going for that some (laughs) of these people gotta get up out of here (laughs) and so he had a school of thought that you know that's not the answer to put people away and that you know there's another way um that would effectively work other than putting people in prison so he's talking about chopping off hands and feet and stuff (laughs) (laughs) No, and there's other people like Angela Davis, you know, former Black. There's other people that believe in this uh, abolitionism um, too. So there's a lot of schools of thought on it. But you know, I definitely hear you on the defund the police um, 
how many times we talk about cases where it's a mental health concern and they don't really know how to respond to those cases with mental health concerns. So funds that could be used for those types of things definitely would, you know, there's a need for that for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. You know. And then you got a, a certain amount of certain. So we've been oppressed and unfairly jailed so long that sometimes jail in the black community is not a threat. Mm-hmm. You know, so we got to get if, if, if we are going to get rid of that, we got to think about what, you know, what's going to happen. Because I know right now, Mook, Mookie, again, in my example, Mookie on the corner. If he get pulled, if he get taken to jail this weekend, oh well, he's in, the, he's on the block with his homeboy. He's chilling, you know what I'm saying? He got a, he got a place to stay. He got a free meal. There's a certain part of our community who thinks it's natural, like that's a rite of passage. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to jail by this time in your life, you know. And I would like to see that that's change. Horrible. Well, but it is. Yeah. It's, it, it, there is a set of our community yeah. out there that, you know, if you if you ain't did a bid, then, you know, what I'm saying they don't they won't respect that. They don't respect the um, in some communities. It's more respectable to go to jail and do your bid than it is to go to college, which is a shame. That's just how we've been programmed. I mean, you know, years after years after years of unjustifiably jailing us for a little small misdemeanors and unfairly jailing us compared to what you would do somebody else of a different complexion. That's just how it is. That's true. And I've even heard from police, like, you know, oh, someone's broken, you know, my car and stole my purse, you know, exercising, you leave your purse in the car, something like that. Oh, it's probably a 12 year old. The Mm -hmm. older boys always have a 12 year old do it because they know that they're not going to get, you know, any time if they get caught or something like that. But what they don't talk about (laughs) is how they start profiling these kids at a young age. And, you know, as you have so certain problems in schools or in elementary schools, that's kind of training you for the track that they want to get you into the system with. So you got to realize that the game is um, set up against you. It is. And that's not good. But once you realize that, then you can play by different rules. Sadly, it's, it's and I think that's one of the it biggest is. struggles with what we're going on in America today is it's never been equal. It's always like there's privilege and there's white privilege and there's black privilege, but sometimes white privilege, it's, it's, it's a lot deeper. You know, it's it's a few things that we have as black. We're cool. We're stylish. We keep up with the latest things. But I would trade that in for some of that white privilege credit any day now, any time. Okay. Oh, my God. White privilege is, you know, significant. And, and it's a problem when, you know, and we need to have these conversations mm-hmm. without people feeling bad. Like, just because I'm talking to you about white pr- privilege doesn't mean that I'm demigrating you about anything that you've done. But you do have to kind of acknowledge what happened in the past and what your grandparents did. 
Right. And then it's like, how are we going to, you know, make a difference? Because yeah. we, we can make a difference yeah. with our behavior. You know what I mean? And um, the ones that come behind us. So definitely. So yeah, that case, I think he wasn't completely reprimanded. I think they put him on desk duty, but I think she's looking to sue. So and she um, should. She should, because I mean, yeah, it's, she totally went too far in that case. All right, so going back to the first question, yeah. would you would you rather uh have dinner with Jay-Z or get tackled by the police and have to sue? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Look, which five hundred thousand do you want? <laughs> that would not be good at all. That brings us to our last story. You may have seen the video of a North Carolina man verbally abusing a African American Amazon driver and calling him a racial slur. And this is being widely circulated on social media. The delivery driver's sister, Heather Rose, took to Instagram to share the video footage and explain that her brother was just doing his job when he was met with this ugly uh, version of racism. Uh, turns out that the guy who uh, got the black Amazon driver fired worked for Amazon too, but um, he went as far as to get him fired for stepping on his grass or what have you. And it just um, shows you just because you have a disagree disagreement with someone delivering a package or whatever the case was that he had that exchange with him, you know, inward, you know, and he just, and it's just like, wow, what year is this? And we're still having these types of exchanges. It's just really disheartening. Um, you know, you, you see it all the time, but I just, it's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. You know, what did you think about that? I, um, when it comes to situations like that, I like to, uh, like my grandfather, uh, anytime somebody will call him that, he'll file back your old peck of wood. So I like to shoot that off because I don't know if I know what a peck of wood is. Like, so they're mad. You're in the middle. You in, you, you peck word. Hold on. Wait, pause. Google that. What is that? <laughs> what did you just call me? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, goodness. I'm over the fact. I mean, you can call me what you want to call me. Just make sure you spell my name right on the check. I, I'm over that. It takes a little bit more to, to rustle my feathers. But there's also a respect thing that you should give people, and especially people like Amazon people. Are these. So it really makes me mad with, especially now during COVID, we have all these people that are considered essential, but they're not getting that essential pay or the essential respect. So I don't know. I, I just think, I, I think a lot of people out here, people are mad. And back in the day, it was a big old thing. Don't spank your kids. Give them time out. A lot of these people needed their ass whoop. And I think a lot of the problems that we had today, we wouldn't have right now. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what we should do. No jail. No more jail. No more jail. Just <laughs> let's whoop ass. Let's bring back ass whooping. Let's get some trees, make some paddles. And then depending on what your crime was, should depend on how big of a paddle that you get. 
So you think that would be the thing to really turn it all around? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How many times did you do the same thing after you got a whooping from your parents? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> right. It just takes the one time. Just the one time. You steal. Yeah. You go to jail. You come out. You steal again. You steal. You get your ass whooped. On television, you won't steal no more. Right. They're not ready for me. See, that's why I can't run for public office. I'm just a little too radical. <laughs> oh, have you considered that? No, because I don't I will I don't want to do anything where I'm a public figure. I'm not built for it. Uh-uh. So that was our last story. Um, I did want to talk about podcasting with you. I did hit a year on my podcast journey this past May. Yay, and, congratulations. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about podcasting in general. And thanks. How long have you been doing your podcast? It'll be a year anywhere. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So um, yeah, I wanted to get just some thoughts about what your inspiration was getting started. A lot of people you know, did this during the pandemic and you kind of already had some technical skills, obviously, but just, you know, your concepts and what kind of drove your inspiration and such. I always wanted, so I've always been a a computer nerd. I've always worked in multimedia. So I've always wanted to play with cameras and things, but then a part of me kind of always wanted to have a talk show. But yeah. I never was the in front of the camera type of person. So I was retired. Uh, I had been home for a little while. Um, I'm a single father, raising the kids, working on, on life and health issues and things like that. And I was bored. And this is re- even right before the pandemic hit, I was bored. So I was going to start a YouTube channel um, just highlighting different businesses and locations and landmarks and things in my area. It's going to be like a vlog style. So I started researching it and I looked into cameras and I started getting my equipment together and got excited. I'm going to go out and film and then COVID hit. So I'm stuck in the house with all this equipment. So I had to pivot and I was like, well, let's do a podcast. And that's how it was born. So that's why the visual aspect of my podcast is so important because I started it out um, as a YouTube channel, but now it just turned into a podcast Mm -hmm. that has a visual component. Okay, cool. And so you intended to be out and have a camera with you? Yeah, I had a camera and a selfie stick and the kids and yeah, yeah. Mm -mm. COVID said no. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Yeah. So, and you see some people still kind of going out, doing a little bit here and there. I'm planning on doing it. I'm just waiting for, and and, and, in a way that I have it set up now, is I'm just going to integrate it into the podcast now. But I just need people to stay at home Mm -hmm. and chill out before they start giving us restrictions again. I'm, I'm liking being outside and I want to stay outside. You know, you actually could have put together a course, you know, knowing what you know, really. Well, I'm, I'm kind of working on that. I'm kind of working on that. Yeah, I want to put together a podcasting course. Um, one of the things I um, do 
is I have a small business. It's called Connor's Digital um, Media Studios. And I help people uh, with their presence on social media. Um, because nowadays, you know, we don't go into a local television station anymore for uh, smaller businesses to get advertising and commercials. People go to social media and Instagram and YouTube and Twitter. But a lot of people have no idea how to have commercial presence on the Internet. And I like to help people do that. Okay, that's cool. So the podcast is like uh, a digital resume. So you see from the podcast that I can handle video, I can handle web, I can handle audio, I can edit, I can do the Photoshop. So it's like my digital portfolio. So now I like, uh, especially for people locally, I do one-on-one courses. Okay. But yeah, yeah, um, that's not a problem at all. And I'm, I'm really looking into maybe doing some sort of digital course, but I do like the one-on-one aspect of it. And nowadays with Zoom, I can teach anybody anywhere. That's awesome. How can we find your podcast and the video component as well? All right. So I have two podcasts. The first one is the 757 Renaissance Man podcast. And you can find that at 757renaissanceman.com. My second podcast is the Elvad Talk podcast, and you can find that at elvadtalk.com. You can find audio and video for both podcasts at the, at their um, sites. You can leave voicemails. You can leave messages. Um, just get in touch with us. Um, you can reach me on social media almost everywhere at Sean Connors, especially Instagram and Facebook. And Twitter is Sean M. Con, which I don't tweet that much. I'm not a Twitterer. Yeah, YouTube, if you search for either 757 Renaissance Man or LVAD Talk, you'll find me. Okay, great. So I have checked it out before, guys. I will have the links included so we can share that with the listeners. So I appreciate that. Anything else to share? Hey, just like, comment, subscribe. I want to thank you for having me. Um, it's awesome to be around other creators and um, everybody go ahead and follow Jen and check out what she got. Right on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks guys for listening and um, take care. Thanks. At this time, we are going to go ahead and conclude this episode. We do appreciate you listening. We do invite you to follow us on social media. On Instagram, it is Woke by Accident Podcast. On Twitter, it is Woke by. The Gmail is Woke by Accident at gmail.com. And we are available on all of your favorite streaming platforms. Please go out and follow us, share leave a review, tell a friend, and every time you listen, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you again, and take care.
for creators challenge and this episode actually will be a collaboration with another member of the collective Sean Connors I actually had him on my show last month a few short weeks ago um it was a pretty neat interview and I wanted to share that with you guys so that is what I have for you today is my interview with Sean Connors the host of the 757 Renaissance Fan and I want you guys to check it out. 